Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Baird with no class quippiness. <laughs> I kind of put you on the spot there. <laughs> I did. I tried to think of something, but I couldn't think of anything. Only only Kaz can do that. Yeah, it's true. Welcome to Two Broke Watch Snobs. This is episode 227, and uh, for yet another week, we have a, uh, a guest on the show. I like this because we're increasing the show frequency again, and we're getting more people that are part of the tightly knit Patreon community uh, coming on air and uh, sharing some airtime. And uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to having this discussion with you. I don't think I've ever been on the phone with you, Barry. You, actually, you you haven't this way. Uh, oh, we've we've done like the group calls. The, yeah. yeah, remember we were we did a Slack cast thing. Yeah, uh, with Alex and uh, and Josh once. Well, I hope I'm not weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times I am. Uh, people people uh, come up and talk to me or talk to me on the phone, and I can tell that they're just dying inside. Uh, but this is not going to be like that. It'll be super fun, I promise. Um, for this episode, we're going through. I think. This is very this is very classic in the realm of TBWS. It's, uh, we go through we go through a handful of watches, you know, say what we think, and uh, this discussion is going to be watches that we like but never really pulled the trigger on. And it's it's cool that you put this in front of me because I've been thinking of my picks a lot lately, and even more so now just getting the show together. And you you go through this. WTF moment and think why haven't I done it yet? So, well, I mentioned this on the on the Slack, and I think Hugo was the one that uh, that said he liked this because uh, you know, and somebody else did too. I think they they were saying you know that you you get you lust after something and finally get the money, and then you're like, uh, I don't know now. Yeah, but. Uh, you know, I think I think that's this this idea materialized on that page. Yeah, and it can be a lot of things. It can be the money. It can be <clears throat> maybe you just you found something else that's new and shiny, and you your attention is is elsewhere at that point. Or then you look at the money and you think to yourself, "Well, I got this. I can save a little more and get this." And then for one reason or another, it just never happens. Um, yeah, and then yeah, we're gonna go through some news. We're gonna go through some um, we're gonna go through some wrist checks, uh, and it's gonna be a good episode. So thanks for being here, Baird. Absolutely. You know, someday I think that that we need to do one about like aliens and stuff. Uh, I can talk about aliens forever. <laughs> maybe we can maybe we can do a uh, a Patreon exclusive episode. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how the general public will will uh, deal with my uh, schizophrenic delusions on air. Have they uh, never listened to Coast to Coast AM? Dude, I love Coast to Coast. Oh man, I do too, but I haven't listened to it in a long time. I used to work. I used to actually. It was my first job. I used to work patient transport at a hospital. I was basically just the guy that pushed people in wheelchairs. Uh, but I worked. Um, 3 p.m. to midnight a lot of times, and sometimes, uh, sometimes 
8 p.m. to 8 a.m. the next day. Uh, and on those drives home, especially after midnight, you know, I'd, I'd listen to Coast to Coast, and it was super creepy. And I, I love that kind of AM radio stuff. It's, it's just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, an alien discussion, conspiracy theories on Patreon, uh, if we don't get banned, would be kind of fun. Um, well, all right, let's do uh, let's do a wrist check, and I think as a guest, you should probably go first. Okay. Well, interestingly enough, this is probably going to tie into what we talk about later, but I'm wearing a new-to-me uh, watch. This is one I got just a couple weeks ago, which is why I unfortunately failed, or one of the reasons I failed at no change November, but yeah. I, you know, I failed initially because I was, uh, I was working on a, I think a watch for maybe Henry. I can't remember. Maybe not. I can't remember who I was working on for. And I had to wear it to make sure it ran fine. So I, uh, you know, I lost and I admitted that I lost. I could have lied, but I didn't, but you're now, you're now wearing the badge of the Coomer. Yeah, okay. that's it. Whatever yeah. that is, that that nasty stuff. <laughs> but uh, I am wearing today a 1982 Omega Seamaster 166.0211, and this is the uh, the TB uh, TB dial uh, si- uh, shape. With the integrated bracelet, um, and yeah, if you kind of Google it, if you Google it, it's not the first one they have listed. That's the one I think those were a little bit older. They didn't have the integrated bracelet. Uh, mine. So, so mine, you have an integrated uh, integrated bracelet? You said yes. This one is an integrated bracelet uh, model. It's interesting if you plug in that uh, that reference number exactly. The first, at least the first page that I get is is from Omega. It seems like they have pages on their website just for vintage watches, but the mm-hmm. one I'm seeing is is on is on leather. It seems yeah, it, yeah, it that's, is kind that's, of a TV TV dial. It's the same watch. The only difference is that the uh, uh, I think I have a picture of it on my Instagram, um, oh. which is uh, Riffin underscore watches. Uh, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. I am not a griffin, by the way, but that's, <laughs> that's the logo. That's the, the symbol of the Baird clan from Scotland. So. Oh, cool. So that's why it says that. But if you, I think I have a picture of it on my Instagram. But yes, if you go to the Omega site, the first one they show, and I think these were in the late seventies, uh, this model does not have an, you can actually add whatever you want to to that one, but mine is, uh, it is it is an integrated bracelet, and it has the Omega ten twenty with a quick date, quick change day and date, twenty eight thousand eight hundred beats per hour. Um, it had I you know and speaking of the bracelet, uh, when I got it and I knew because of who I bought it from that it was going to be this way. He told me, if you're a big wristed person, this isn't going to fit. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have links. And sure enough, he was right. I couldn't even get it over my hand. <laughs> so 
obviously Omega bracelets, vintage, are hard to find. And if you do find it, they're expensive. And so I bought a knockoff Omega bracelet and stole the links from that to make this one bigger. Nice. So uh, it does have some fake Chinese links in here somewhere. Uh, but they, they, they look exactly the same. Uh, you could tell the bracelet when you got it was, was, was not authentic because of the, the Omega symbol looked like crap and, uh, but, and what have you. But it's, uh, it's cool. This is the, uh, he, and he told me the dial on mine is probably restored, but the hands weren't. They don't have any loom on them anymore. The loom doesn't work. Mm. Uh, and he, t- he was pretty upfront. They showed me time grapher stuff which I was able to verify on my own. Uh, it runs like a top and I, I, and I like it a lot. It, it, it knocked off so many things I wanted, which was like 80 style squarish case integrated bracelet. You know, it, it really, it really, really checked a lot of boxes right there. Uh, and the cool thing is, is I, I, I don't know if it's, you know, obviously Omega Seamasters vintage ones that aren't divers are not super expensive. You can still get them under a $1,000, um, even though that number is starting to move north. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I uh, this is the most I've spent on a vintage watch, and I'm thankful for the most part that it has turned out, you know, because I was kind of scared about it, but. Because I'm not buying it from a person I'm physically looking at. So, but it worked out. It's, uh, you know, it's nice. I like it a lot. It's pretty cool. I've been wearing it pretty much every day since. And, uh, I, <laughs> I almost hate to take it off, but, uh, it's pretty cool. Looking at some of these, um, did you say that yours was 36 millimeters? It is 35 or 36 across and 40 lug to lug. Does it wear larger than a 36 because of that TV dial, TV case, just the case shape that you have? Well, I think it's part of the case and the fact that the bracelet tapers off the edge of the watch rather than, you know, the, uh, like a bracelet, like a, you know, typical bracelet does from between the lugs. So it doesn't feel super, you know, and I worried about that too. Like I literally looked at the numbers. I was like, I'm going to get this damn thing and it's going to look like I've got a, a you know, piece of checks mix on my wrist or something. But, uh, <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> a trisket or something. Cracker. <laughs> but, uh, it actually, um, it actually doesn't wear that bad. Like I don't, it's not, in my opinion, it doesn't feel too small. Uh, it doesn't wear large, but it looks, you know, it looks kind of nicely uniformed, uh, on my wrist. And I would say that probably for somebody with a smaller wrist, it would also wear pretty good. Uh, definitely with a smaller wrist, you would, I don't think that you would think it was 36 millimeters across. Um, I really don't like, I think, and like I said, I think partially it's the square, uh, kind of look to it and, uh, and the fact that the bracelet tapers off the edge rather than, you know, a, a standard watch where it would come from between the lugs. It also seems like it's a good option if you're looking for vintage Omega and also <clears throat> maybe a dial that you don't see every day because yours is, is this kind of 
silvery dial, but I'm yeah. seeing green, I'm seeing blue sunburst looking dials. Uh, I saw a bunch of those too, and I didn't know how authentic those were. Yeah. It looks like something that fakers would have a blast with. That's the Yeah, and that was the hard part. So when I was looking at this watch, um, you know, I kind of went with, okay, you know, I see from Omega's information and from other people that have one, you know, the dial is typically color A or color B. So, uh, you know, I knew that uh, I'm trying to find a picture of the one that I have on here. That's also crazy that the counterfeit bracelet that you bought was so authentic that you could swap in links from it into the authentic bracelet. It's pretty close. Uh, They they don't flex as easily. They're stiff. They're a little stiffer. Uh, And I, you know, now you look at it. If if you know where you're looking, you can see them because the gap isn't as close, or is more is more close, I guess. And because like I said, it doesn't flex. The cool thing about this bracelet is it lays down flat. Uh, all those links articulate, so they lay down flat uh, when you set it down. But uh, oh, here's a picture of the bracelet. That's the style of bracelet, but that's not the same watch. You can slack it to me if you find anything and just look at it in real time. <clears throat> I'm seeing a lot but of bracelets on these. Yeah, things. there's a lot of different combinations, but... Uh, I'm pretty sure it's on my Instagram. Like I said, if if people go there, they can see it. I oh think. yeah, I I do see yours here, and you also have a lot of very cool watches. <laughs> it's been a been a while since I've been on your page. And this and, I'll, and some of these aren't mine. Like that that Sigma Valmon uh, kind of dive watch is Henry's, and then that okay. Vantage was Damon's. And the Bulova oceanographer is Henry's. <laughs> okay, I was about to ask you about that Bulova. I was like, where'd you get that, man? <laughs> no, I, that's we're going to talk about that. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's actually Henry's. He sent it to me because it was stopping. So I, uh, I cleaned it up and uh, re-oiled it, put it back together, and it seemingly runs great. If it stopped, he hasn't told me, but... I, as far as I know, it's running great. Nice. So, uh, what are you wearing out of my dream collection today? <laughs> I don't know about I don't know if I have a dream collection, but um, it's a uh, what I have today. Um, I have the Tudor Black Bay GMT on this fine Sunday, and it's. I I feel like it's been in the collection long enough to where I feel closer to it. Uh, I think it's going to be staying around for a long time. I had some I had some dangerous feelings when the new Tudor came out, thinking like, oh, should I get rid of it to have something else come in? But um, just wearing it today, it's it is an awesome, huge chunk of watch. Uh, it feels I, I've had to. I've been skimping on the gym lately, so my tiny wrists are getting tinier. <laughs> except if, except mine goes in the other direction. If I skip <laughs> on the gym, it's my wrist gets bigger. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've 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 had this for a while. Um, I actually you just a quick search. I, I found my old review. Um, 
I was told that I was one of the first people in the States to, to get a sample in and review it. Um, I love the watch back then. I love it now. It's, um, it's very different when you think of what Tudor's been coming out with lately. Uh, you know, they started leaning really heavily onto the 58s and, and now the new Pelago stuff is going to be really hot. So this watch was really hot in 2018. Not so much now. Um, which is good if you're looking for one, but, um, this is for anyone that doesn't remember, I guess on paper, the first in-house GMT that Tudor did, uh, certainly the first Pepsi clone or whatever. Uh, it's a bigger watch, so it, it feels more like the older Black Bays if you're familiar with those. So 41 millimeters diameter, 15 millimeters thick, which you don't really feel all that much. And then, uh, you know, 50 lug to lug. So kind of for, for an all steel watch on the bracelet, this might be my max. Um, uh, something else, maybe like a, a Seiko on rubber feels different, even though it's bigger on paper, but I like this thing, man. I, it's, it's still sticking around. I, I actually, you know, I've, I've gotten to the point. I've always been, you know, I know this is unpopular opinion on our Slack, but, I like I like Rolex uh, mm-hmm. sport watches, and I always yeah. have. And I, you know, that's kind of what got me into all this. And I don't own one, and I know that I could probably sell everything I have and get one. But you know, uh, now it's 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 almost unattainable for somebody in my you know price range. Uh, but Tudor has almost become like what. They are a little luxurious, obviously, but Tudor has almost become what Rolex used to be. Yeah, that's a good and way to put it. At a price point that Rolex used to be, you know, you could get a Black Bay now and uh, and and go off and have adventures with it, and it'll probably be just as good as as a Rolex Mariner uh, ever would be. Um, you know, but it's still attainable somewhat. They have gone up in a little, you know, a little bit, but, uh, it's still somewhat attainable. You know, I always joke about getting a PO1, which everybody hates, but I, I hated, I hated that watch when it came out lately. I've been looking at photos and thinking to myself, this thing is actually kind of cool. And because, because nobody likes it, <laughs> not nobody, <laughs> you know, you can get, you can get them for pretty, you know, uh, not cheap, but you know, well, you know well though? below retail. That's the only tutor I've ever had in my hand. Is really? Other, other than a vintage one. Uh, okay. That's the only modern tutor I've ever put in my hand. I forced myself to go into Reed Jeweler, Reed's Jewelers in Asheville uh, a while back, uh, you know, because I was, like, standing outside the place like a creeper. And uh, <laughs> my wife was like, just go in there. And I was like, I can't. They're wearing suits. <laughs> uh, but she went in with me, and I – he said, you know, do you want to look at anything? I was like, sure. I'd like to see the PO1, please. And so I looked at it. And it's kind of cool. It, You know, it's got the weird lugs and all. But, you know, it was kind of cool. And I could see that sort of being like somebody's adventure watch, sort of, you know, or watch they wore every day to do whatever they wanted to. And, you know, I tried to drop hints like, hey, honey, look, they finance. <laughs> look. You know, I, I don't have any cars that have a car payment. Look. And, you know, 
I, I think she was asleep in the floor or something, you know, just waiting to leave. But, uh, that's the only, the PO one's the only one I've ever held. And at the, and, and like, I think you can still find those for, uh, you know, under, you can probably find them still for under 4,000. I think they. All day. All yeah. day. I think, I think David SW, which is, you know, where, where I got, you know, where I got my, my, uh, Black Bay from. I think he's got one up there now for three, like three flat. Yeah. Know. That's stupid. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's cool. And, and really, I'm surprised that I'm not more drawn to that one because I, uh, lately I've been super into, um, you know, the, uh, the British military watches and the, the French Navy watches and stuff. Uh, and it, it, it has a look that kind of fits into that whole vibe. Uh, if I were to build, if I were crazy enough to build a collection that just focused on that look, I think a, a P01 would, would fit in nicely. Um, they never built that watch though. It's just a concept. It's, it's, it's a concept. Yeah. It's uh it's kinda like the new Bulova that came out, um the Mill Ships or whatever yeah. it's called. That I think that was also a concept watch. You're right. I think which I was. which I will own one day. <laughs> That's I, I'm I'm getting more and more attracted to that one. Dude, the and Bulova does so well at that stuff sometimes, like with some of their throat like Bulova has hit and miss. They they do so well. They'll produce a watch that's really cool, and then they produce twenty that are fucking trash. <laughs> yeah, just garbage. Yeah, they're still missing hard on the uh, the lunar pilot. I would like them to. Uh, I, I I like when they secretly released the version that you have, the one with the no day dial, but it's steel polished, polished case. Yeah, I still have um, it. Yeah, they just gotta make they gotta make one that that's a little smaller, man. Just a <laughs> Just a hair smaller. Well, their excuse is, is that the ultra-high-frequency movement in that watch won't fit in a smaller case. Uh, That's their excuse. I okay. haven't opened it up. I have not opened that watch up to actually look at it and be like, huh, I don't know, bro. That thing's only this big. But... uh That's, that's what they say. The ultra-high-frequency won't fit in a smaller version. Mm-hmm. And all of those, all of those ultra high frequency. I really like those movements, the ultra high frequency, and I really like the three handers. But they don't make many of those anymore, and that's a shame. I, they're cheap as shit if you open one up and and start taking one apart. But they were actually pretty accurate and cheap. That lunar pilot that I had a while back, um, I think it's one of the first reviews on Two Broke Watch Snobs. Still, I think the most accurate watch I've ever owned. Um, That's the review that I found you guys on. And really? <laughs> to because I was looking at buying one, and it's like, oh, this guy got rid of his. Let's read it. You know? <laughs> and it's, it says why I probably will get another one. I think that's the is the title. You should um, amend that now to not as long as it's still forty four millimeters. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Oh, funny. Well, back to this tutor, by the way. I, I will uh, – people people ask me sometimes if, if I started to get the date issue, and I, I fell victim to my own hubris a while back. I I, I told myself, oh, I have a later one. It's, it just doesn't happen with these, but it did start, it, it did start to happen with, with um, this Black Bay GMT, and I think 
It's from summer 2019. Uh, so, but that's all fixed now. It was recently overhauled by um, Rolex. I think they sent it to. They have a Dallas location, right? Or Houston? I forget. Was it was it under warranty? It was under warranty. Oh, yeah, well, that's that's good. And I, I was super lazy about it. I sent it <laughs> instead of because I didn't want to interface directly with with Rolex um, because I've heard just horror stories about you know dealing with them and their forms or whatever. <laughs> um, I I I wrote to the person that I bought it from and through their RMA process they facilitated the uh, the repair. So this thing is fresh, man. Freshly overhauled. What? They fixed the date date issue. I know I've asked you before, but I, what is the date issue those have? It depends. So what happens to a lot of people when you – so I'll tell you what happened to mine. When I would jump the hour hand, if I if I jump the hour hand past midnight, I would get a normal switchover. So say from 18 to 19. Mm-hmm. If I went to bed and saw – you know what the date was the next the next day so if i went to bed on you know night of the 18th the following morning it would say 20th so i would skip i would skip a day sometimes it would skip two days uh and it's it's just something that started to happen to a lot of people i don't know the specifics um on why that would happen but it started to happen a lot with the Black Bay GMT, and it's something that people documented. There's a whole lot of forum posts everywhere about it, and Tudor somewhere, somehow they messed up. Um, but you know, they, they, I guess they figured it out. They started taking these these watches in on warranty, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, thankfully, I didn't I didn't pay anything, um, and it's it's been fine ever since being overhauled. I I have the 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 Rolex service center paperwork that they did everything so uh ever since then it's been working like a charm. Huh, that's weird. So if anybody's got an old tutor that they don't want anymore and they and it has that problem and they want to send it my way so I can investigate, that'd be cool. Yeah, that that would be cool. I'm actually kind of curious. <laughs> I yeah, have ideas I, as to what would cause that. Maybe maybe somebody can write in uh where where somebody I'm sure some independent watchmaker has opened it up to figure out why it was happening, but again, I'm not um, smart enough to figure that out. I just it was annoying because I I I love the watch, but then I wouldn't wear it. So one day I just thought, hey, I'm gonna write back to the and th- this is another good call out for David S W. The, the the process was just super smooth. Um, he was like, yeah, just we'll we'll email you like a FedEx label. Um, just box it up, send it over, and they they facilitated the entire repair, and uh, and then I got it back. I think I, the whole process took like maybe a month and a half or something. It's really not bad. Yeah, I had to send a watch one time back to Invicta just to have a a, a, a magnifier put back on the glass, which, funny enough, I can do myself now, but. <laughs> Back in the olden days, this was 10 or 12 years ago, I had to send a watch back to Invicta to literally have the magnifier put on. I didn't see that watch again until the next year almost. <laughs> I didn't even know Invicta did that for you. Oh, they're fucking terrible. <laughs> like, the funny thing is is you pay shipping both ways <laughs> and for you, the repair. <laughs> is it to Florida? Where do you even send that? I think you send it to Florida. God knows where they send it. And uh, 
they, I don't know. They'd probably send it to a guy named, you know, Louie down on Fifth Avenue or something. And <laughs> Louie throws it in a pile and goes, I'll get to it when I can. Yeah. <laughs> God only knows. All I know is you have to pay shipping both ways, and I had to pay for the repair as well. And I got it back, and I was like, oh, well, you know, okay. Why did it cost 100 bucks? And now look at you. You can do it yourself. Well, nobody does it around here. Yeah. I, 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 and that that's probably part of why I got into that stuff. It was like, why is everybody having such a hard time with this? I thought, is watch stuff that hard? Like, I had it. The reason I had to send it was it was scratched. Uh, and I took it to a guy locally. And I don't know if anybody lives. I want to name drop him because he sucks. But if anybody lives in the Tri Cities, one of your listeners I know does. But if any of your listeners are in the Tri Cities, he sucks. But anyway, I took it to him and I was like, hey, can you just take the magnifier off and maybe put another one on. He was like, well, maybe if I can get it off. And so like, I was like, okay. Cause he was, I had just moved here. I didn't know anybody else. And man, he scratched it. Watch all the pieces, scratched the bezel on it and everything. Isn't it just a heat gun to like, take what it the off? Fuck? Yeah. That's the thing. That's what I learned. I, I got on like YouTube after that. And I was like, this guy literally just held it to a match and it went poof. And he <laughs> slid it off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Why did you scratch the shit out of it? This guy using a hammer and chisel. <laughs> Pretty much. He's got an air chisel in the back. It'll be done in 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I need to find some, uh, I need to find a good watchmaker out here in Tacoma. I still haven't found one. Um, for me, it was, it was bracelet sizing. I used to be so scared of sizing bracelets. Um, and then I would Hammer. embarrass, yeah, right. Embarrassingly, I would pay sometimes to to have a bracelet size, but now you know I'm getting a little charge. bit better. I I went to I used to go to a watchmaker in West Seattle. They're they're closed now. You know, COVID killed them. Uh, not not them killed them, but killed the business. <laughs> that could have gone bad. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I think they charged like maybe eight bucks or something at a time. It wasn't really expensive. Sometimes if I would stick around and, you know, listen to his stories, he just wouldn't charge. So <laughs> that was cool. This this big guy from Belarus, he, he said he used to service, he used to live near an air base and used to service watches there for, um, you know, I guess the Be- Belarus air force or something like that. He had a lot of old, old stories about pilot watches. Um, Belarus. Yeah, that's the. That's like the last. I know they have a president, but I know he's been the same guy for thirty-five, thirty years or something. <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody who might be from Belarus, but that's uh, that's. Is, am I thinking of the right country? I'm not an expert on the Republic of Belarus. Ah, there's the word. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> but, but yes, that's that's what they're uh, referred to as the Republic of Belarus. Ah, good, good old Wikipedia. Let's see. Speaking of Tudor, um, I want your thoughts on that FXD Pelagos because I'm feeling tickled, and I think after 
I went a little crazy this year. Complete failure. <laughs> <laughs> nobody nobody fails the way that Mike does. Um, but I don't know, man. I've I've been thinking about something in titanium lately, and I'm so glad that this new people say FXD, people say fixed. I don't know. I'm just gonna call it the FXD. Um, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Well, here's the thing. I you know obviously don't. I didn't read about it. I just looked at it. Yeah. And that's that's the way I do a lot of things. I I don't read about it. They're all the same once you get you know past the you know it's all got X amount of power reserve and it takes. nobody nobody reads watch articles. Right. <laughs> I'm the same way. I write them and I know nobody reads them. They just want to look <laughs> the pretty colors. Yeah. Uh, you know their website is. Uh, <laughs> hell, do I find the watch? They're, I see they're the sky diving. That's yeah. it. They're bad. They're bad not just with their their press photos, but their site can be difficult to navigate sometimes. Just a lot of Lady Gaga and David Beckham. Yeah, like at twenty thousand black bays. <laughs> well, anyway, so to look at the watch, uh, and I don't know anything about it. I actually wanted to hear your opinion on it first because you may know you've read about it. You may know more than. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, what's what is the big difference between this one and the standard Pelagos, other than the fact that it's got more jewelry? <laughs> I'll, I'll go into that in a minute. But uh. so the it was it was actually difficult for me too in the heat of the moment trying to get a a, a little little write up together. I I had some difficulty figuring out what was different. You know, visually, the first thing that you see is the the bezel, you know, with the full graduations. It's a countdown instead of an elapsed time. Um, you know, those, those were the things that I immediately noticed. But one thing that I think is really cool, if we're talking about looks only, is that I, I kind of really like that the dial doesn't have the, um, the step down. So if you look at the, the Riot in the... Um, the older Pelagos, you have this this indent, these indentations around the chapter ring and where the markers are. So you don't get that you don't get that step down into the the main dial. This is just a flat blue dial, and it's it's a lot to me. It looks cleaner. Um, it still has the it still has a big old paragraph of text, but it doesn't bother <laughs> me all that much. Um, and then you know for. I think I think a lot of folks in our community were kind of not upset by, but you know, bummed out by the fact that this is actually it's called the fix because the the spring bars or I guess you can just call them strap bars they're integrated into the case. So I knew something was different because you can see the lugs look a little different. Yes, yeah, so there there are no spring bars, so the it's just it's just one. The case is just one block of titanium. Ah, there it is. Very cool. That's yeah, kind of cool. And that is very cool. Um, it, funny enough, the I think the last episode I was on, um, I was wearing this this Timex uh, camper. Uh, that watch has the very same thing. Uh, so no spring bars. It's just it's really built to have uh, you know pass through nylon, or in this case, Tudor seems to do something with. It looks like. Looks like a copy of those 
French Navy straps that, you know, you see from Erica's originals or something, but with uh, Velcro integrated into it. So that's yeah. kind of cool. And then you also, so you get that strap and you get a really thin pass through, uh, rubber strap. So, um, besides that, I think it's, it's not a new movement or anything. Um, and if you're if you're into the military, I guess history, or if you're a French Navy Tudor nerd, um, you know, on the back you actually have the MN engraving, which is, you know, that's that's like the holy grail if you're finding old French Navy Tudors. Uh, I think it's a cool watch. I think it's going to be impossible to get for a long ah, time. It's sold out. Don't Dude, worry I, about it. Somebody somebody said that they called their dealer, and I think. They were told that globally, um, you know, this is hearsay at this point, but globally for the initial the initial supply to authorized dealers, it was 150 watches globally. And I think I think 50 of those, I think 50 of those alone are split between Asia and Middle East. What? Yeah. So it's right, well, cool it's going to be nice pictures. So basically, basically the people are going to be going nuts now to try to get the one that says MN21 because this is not a limited release. It's not, um, it's not a special edition or anything. Thankfully, I I, I like that Tudor doesn't really do that. Um, so as production kind of starts to crank up and these these get out there, hopefully people that want it can just have it. Um, but people are are killing each other to try to get one that says MN21 because effectively you you probably have one month to do that. You have basically one month to get an MN21 if you really care about having something from the very first run. And the thing about it is too is that because of stuff like that, like the people that have money in this world like ruin the economy <laughs> With that oh, yeah. because it'll be like uh, it's a and it's a good price thirty nine hundred dollars on their website that's cool but if you want one with MN twenty one on it somebody's gonna be like but you got one of those yeah I will give you a blank check right now you just fill <laughs> it in and and hand me the watch you know for for the Instagram shot just yeah. just for the Instagram it's flex shot. it's all for the flex yeah I don't know but, it's it it could be a good time also. It could be a good time to get yourself a regular Pelagos, you know, or or even if you want a blue tutor, this is going to take some of the heat away from the uh, the 58 blue. Maybe. Which was uh, the last watch that people went nuts over. The funny thing is, is before I asked you, I didn't realize that this was a kind of a military-ish thing. Yeah. And what I was going to say is because of the markers, I didn't realize – I didn't know, look close enough to notice it was a countdown dial. But because of the markers on the bezel, to me, it reminded me of like old mill subs. Mm-hmm. It is also dateless, which is kind of cool. That's true. Yeah, I totally missed that. Yeah, it's no, no date. Um, that is a countdown bezel. And if you think about it, this is – has to be since – the early to mid '80s has to be the the, if I'm not mistaken, maybe the first very public collaboration between the Rolex family 
and um, you know the the, the French Navy because early eighties uh, the mill sub you know that that contract went to CWC and then I think maybe early eighties also they they may have stopped producing the the Tudor the Tudor French Navy subs so to see this very public and very available collaboration between the French Navy and the Rolex family that that's kind of the biggest deal uh i i i don't think i don't think that's very common uh when you consider Rolex and Tudor so cool to see this out there um i probably will not even get to touch one until a year from today hopefully <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. These, uh, but uh, this is gonna be I, crazy. What's cool to me, it is cool that it's like a it's it's made you know to do what it's made to do. Uh, now for people like me who literally the most diving they ever do is into a bucket of chicken. Yeah. Uh, and I love bracelets. Uh, like I probably wouldn't. I love the way that case looks. Because uh, I'm looking at a picture of like the case back without the strap, and uh, the way that's built is really super cool with the pass-through stuff. And if you like NATOs and rubber straps, that's awesome. I personally, and this is no secret, but I personally don't like NATO straps all that much, um, and I love bracelets. So for me, I would probably go with the regular Pelagos. I think Pelagos, and I think we've talked about it. I, I know I've talked about with Kaz, but I think for some reason the Pelagos is kind of looked over, at least on Instagram and the you know the social media. It's kind of looked over as a as a as a really good diving tool. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of focus with Tudor on their Black Bay uh, lines, and to me the Pelagos is a a, a much I think it's a really good watch, especially for what you're paying for it. I really wish that, and I love the lefty uh, so much, but I don't love it because the crown's on the left. I just love the dial and the color, and if they would put that on one of the right ones, Mm -hmm. that would be stellar. And, of course, you know, if anybody's a Rolex fanboy, the second you put red text on a dial, everybody's like, I got to have it. I mean, it's basically a modern single red sea dweller. It's, yeah. It, you know, and I, uh, I would have, you know, I would have a tough time picking between this Tudor fixed Pelagos and the the left hand drive. And it's got a red date wheel too. It it, ha, it, it alternates, right? You have red and black. Oh, it's even better. That's, that's what it's it does. Even better. <laughs> A roulette dial, a roulette date wheel. It's That's cool. what it is. That's yeah. what it is. It's cool as hell. Um, is the whole watch made out of titanium? The whole thing is titanium. The whole thing is titanium. So that's uh, uh, are the what about the regular Pelagos? Um, are Same. they st- are they all titanium? All titanium, and that bracelet is all titanium. It's right. bananas. I knew the bracelet was. I didn't know if the whole watch was, but I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I think the Pelagos as a whole was a great, uh, like value, especially for what you get, and it checks a lot of boxes. You know, it's it's tough. Uh, it has the numbers to back things up. 
you know, I think, I think they're overlooked as a whole. And I think if you like a military style look, the FXD is probably, uh, pretty cool. The, the, the military bezels for me are always a little too busy. Um, so I was never, I, I know, <laughs> uh, to, I know people do. I know people that there are people out there that are like smashing their keyboard every time one comes up. Like, how much money will you take for it? Yeah, that, that's know. how I'm feeling right now. I could mortgage my kids. I mean, house. But, uh, uh, but to me, it's always a little busy. So I, I kind of like the I like the standard Pelagos just a little bit more. Uh, there are things about this one I probably wouldn't use or utilize. And uh, but it but it's 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 cool when you know the you know, what it's supposed to be. And it does look like, Hey, you know, I could buy this watch and actually use it for what it's intended for fairly simply, you know, and it's really cool because if you like NATO straps and rubber straps that are all passed through, you don't ever have to worry about a spring bar failure. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. Cause I've had that happen. I'm not that hardcore. It's never <laughs> happened to me, but I, I do I see mean, it I, I had it happen one time, you know, just, Walking around work, you know. just walking. <laughs> yeah. Oh crap! Your watch is hanging off. What? That's some serious walking you must have been doing. Yeah. Probably wrong size spring bar is what what it really came out down to. <laughs> oh man. Let's see. Should we? There's also that Aquastar. The Aquastar oh. is really cool. It's really expensive. Kinda. It is. It is. If you don't get it, if you don't get a pre-order, it's pretty. It's it's, pretty pricey. It's almost two grand, and the fact that the bracelet doesn't come with it—that is a big negative for me, bro. Yeah. I because I would rather I like a tropic strap. That's cool, but that beats a rice bracelet, dude. And they know what they're doing. They do, yeah. They know some dingleberry out there like me is looking at this, going, "God Almighty, that beats a rice." Just let, just take my money. Uh, and thirty-seven, thirty-seven millimeters. That's Dude. a nice. I think. It, I think it. I didn't have the spec here when I wrote the article, but I think lug to lug, we're looking at forty-seven or something like that. Yeah, good Steve size. Even Steve would like that. Yeah, he would. <laughs> Hashtag Steve size. Yeah, right. Anything under forty-seven, he'll be on Slack. As soon as this comes out, going, oh, that's not true. I can wear bigger. Don't lie. <laughs> I feel like, uh, uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, some, did somebody get one of these? One of the Aqua Stars already? Yeah. Oh my God. Somebody in our group got it already. That's, that's pretty amazing. I didn't. I I knew it was going to be popular. I I didn't think people would jump on it as fast as they did uh, when the chronograph came out. But uh, this this is this is going to be uh, this is going to be a hit for them. I'm sure. They talk so damn much. I thought um, the Slack is ridiculous. I wake up, it's like 400 messages. <laughs> the funny thing is, my wife gets really mad at it because like she's like, "Why don't they talk in a thread?" I'm like, "I don't know." Because I'll have my phone over on the table. It's just bing, 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 bing. Oh, bing. no. They'll get on a topic and just wear it the fuck out. <laughs> I turned off any any notifications for Slack on desktop and mobile. I just I just check periodically throughout the day. 
I'm I'm not notified for anything. So if you're trying to get to me there, it's because I turned it all off. Oh no, Henry didn't get the new one. He got a vintage Aquastar. Oh, that's right. Yep, I yeah, didn't see that. That's that's what I saw. Yeah, he got the vintage. He got a vintage Aquastar, which is really cool. Uh, and and I was gonna say, funny enough, looking at this, uh, that is up his alley. And I know he's been on the show before. So if you guys have ever listened to Henry, uh, this this watch is definitely up his alley. Like he. He di- he lives for those old skin divers, and uh, you know the thing about this Aquastar Deep Star too. The chronograph was cool. Um, that thing was expensive. It, yeah, I'm sure it was. Uh, but this one, you know, I have a few chronographs, and I like chronographs. But funny enough, I don't wear them a lot. I think I think my I like three handers be- a little bit better. Um, but. Um, this one, especially with like the small seconds over to the left, and it's a different color, you know, than the, uh, you know, they 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 literally just went down the uh, vintage checklist, and uh, and just marked it off. They're like, how can we capitalize and make the most money possible? Oh yeah, and it's it's from the same same guy that you know originally revived the uh, the Doxa subs, and you know, the these these vintage dive watch fans just kind of unanimously agree that you know when when this guy touches something it's it's going to be gold that leather so. strap's nice looking too the one that uh that what is it horween and it it comes with the uh i'm probably saying that wrong it probably sounds bad coming out of my mouth but uh i think that's right horween i don't know, any, I don't know, I don't know horween. anything about <laughs> but, uh, that that leather strap looks really nice too but i'm telling you right now like they knew they were like, "Hey, you want to make an extra two hundred bucks? Put a picture of it on this bracelet, but say it's sold separately." Yeah, and I couldn't find the bracelet as a line item on, uh, not a line item, but as a you know skew on their website. Um, I did find some other bracelet for pre-order, so it might be, it might be the one. Oh, I think it's one eighty-nine for the bracelet. That's what it looks oh, like. Wow. Shoe and sock. Woo. Anyways. It's good looking, shall... though, man. That bracelet's sharp. God almighty. Yeah. Let's see. Well, Baird, let's get into it. Let's get into these watches that we um, still haven't bought for some reason. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm interested to hear your picks. Um, Do you want me to go first? I think I'll have you start off. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to throw one out there real quick that's uh that people probably uh, uh you know it's a watch everybody knows. Uh let's see. I have my notes here somewhere. Let's see here. Look at this guy. With so notes. the first one that I always seem to lust after and the funny thing is is I've reviewed a couple for the website. But the one that I always lust after and then seem to get the money and not pull the trigger on one is a Laurier uh, of any kind. The Hydra, the Neptune, the the whatever they call the GMT um, or the Gemini. Uh, I, I love those watches, man. They're really cool. And, uh, you know, they're for, you know, I think I think they I think that company's done really well. Um, their advertising right now on uh, Instagram is really cool. 
they've kind of they've kind of started putting out those old style like dive watch ads and stuff. Yep. Yeah, it's great. It man, you talk about something that like hits me hard. Like literally, you could put the cheapest crappy flour, mixing flour of all time in a bag, but if it had like <laughs> that 1950s kid, like this flour makes me happy. You know, I'm like, I'm buying that right there. Oh, Don't put pinup girls on anything because I'll have to buy it. But uh, I think they make a great watch. I really do. I I love. The company, I think the watches are great, and they're they're well priced. They they work like they're supposed to, but for whatever reason, and I don't know why, I have never once I got that money in my hand, I have never bought one. Great watches. They have even more variety now. I think when I when Kaz and I first met the um, the folks that run the brand, really passionate people. I, th- I think they may have only had the Neptune and the Falcon and they've got way more now like you said they have that chronograph they have a, a GMT which looks really cool uh, compressor style version I think that's the Hydra yeah they changed the Hydra to that compressor style because you know what uh, the first Hydra looked a lot like the Neptune it was just a little oh weird. so that's what happened I guess yeah they okay. changed it it was very 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 much like the Neptune okay Oh, wait a minute. And that Hydra, at least the one that I'm looking at, has a 12-hour bezel. And we did the uh, – I did both the Hydra 1 and the Hydra 2. They're both on the website. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. That's the only watch that I've ever had by them in my hand is a Hydra uh, 1 and 2. I should read Two Broke, two broke Watch Snobs way more. Well, yeah, we are. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah, I I think – And I think they've improved the Falcon quite a bit. Like when I first saw the Falcon, I was like, eh, you know, it's cool. But the Falcon 2, actually, when I look at – when I look at the Falcon 2, there's something different about it. And I've never seen those two watches in real life. But there's something different about that Falcon 2 that's much more appealing to me than the Falcon 1 was. The quality is out of control, too, especially those those bracelets. Um, At at wind-up, when we met them – their table was next to Halios, and you know Kaz and I went back and forth. And I think the Fairwind was in was in prototype at that time. I was like, "Yeah, this is a cool bracelet." Went over to Laurier and like spot on, like yeah, just cool. just as good the quality wise, I would say. And the cool thing is too, um, you know, Baltic watches. Uh, I feel like. Laurier and Baltic are very similar in their design motifs. And I think that, you know, if you don't, if you're not in the budget realm for a Baltic, I think a high, I think a Laurier watch is, is probably right up there for less amount of money. Those Baltic guys had some great fitting clothes when we met them. Well, so well dressed. Well, that wouldn't be the case if Baird had a watch company. <laughs> show up in his Godzilla shirt with a hoodie and be like, "Hey, bro, you want luxury watches?" But, uh, um, but I, I really think they make a great watch. But for whatever reason, I've never owned one, and I still like when I when I when they sent me one to review, uh, they sent me a little card in it that was handwritten. I think they do this for everybody, or they might they might not anymore, but they did at one point that said, you know, like, thanks a lot you know, enjoy the Hydra. And I still keep that little card like 
on my desk on my workbench. That's cute. Um, yeah, it's 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 cool. You know, I I think they're a great company. I think they make a great watch, but for some reason, I've never bought one to own myself. And I think it's because I think personally, it's probably because I have watches in that vein that already fill that spot. But if I was new to this, that might not be the case. That's a nice touch. Rolex just yelled at me when I was reviewing something. When that Black Bay. <laughs> Like I had it for two, I had it for two days, and they called me. They're like, "Are you done with it yet? You done? Have you worn it? Like you looked at it, right? Send it back." <laughs> uh, Americans, nice nothing touch. but thieves. All they want is handouts. <laughs> Damn it! I tell you this too, like the Gemini um, with the with the seagull movement in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I I know some people are kind of polarized on that movement or that watch, but. Uh, you know that thing. If you want to get into mechanical chronographs, that's a great place to start. Is such, a good, such a good, good entry point. Yeah. And 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 like to me, I think it's you know there's obviously the Seagull 1963, which is a cool watch, but you know I can understand if you don't like the Chinese military kind of design motif. So I think if you wanted to buy a watch that had a name on it that you know and you know the companies out there and can take care of it because there's a lot of obviously uh chinese watches out there that utilize that movement uh they might have a mushroom brand name on them so if something ever happened you're like well (laughs) it's on you pal Uh, (laughs) get walking um i think that 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 gemini is a good place to start i think that's a really that's a really nice watch Every time I look at them, I'm like, man, God, they just – and the cool thing is is it almost reminds me of old Rolex, how, like, every watch kind of had the same design motif. They were just a little different. And uh I like that they don't have 20,000 watches. It's just a few, you know, core things that they just get make different colors, and that's all you need to do. But I think they make a great watch. I don't know why I've never bought one. I, like I said, I think it's because I already have something that fills that void. But I think we got to crowds, crowdsource a, a a Neptune for super prepared. nice, man, dude. Those things are those, those watches are so nice. And if you love, and, and it's not for everybody, but if you love old vintage watches with that uh, plastic crystal, man, they're that plexiglass glass crystal they put on that thing is so cool. It's so warm. It distorts like hell. I mean, that's that's. That's what they did. You know, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's cool. I don't know. And if you if people are like, what if you scratch it? That's what they make Polywatch for. <laughs> it's so easy. Yeah. yeah. It comes right out. I so promise. And now you're making me want one. Jeez. They're really nice. Like, I, I really don't know. I, I know uh, uh, Henry's got a couple of them. Uh, and he really, uh, he might have one. I said a couple, but he might only have one. Uh, you know, they're, and the two I've had, everything about them, like I, I bitched that I had to pick something that I didn't love about it. And it was that the bracelet was kind of sharp around the edges. Um, but that was really nitpicking. It's really nitpicking. The bracelet's cool. You know, it, it's a, I'm, I'm, I, I, I remember listening to about, I'm, I know I'm kind of gushing, but, I remember listening about this company on Warren and Wound. They're both, they were both teachers, I believe, that mm-hmm. 
were yeah. able to make this their full-time job. And from what I've heard about them and what I've read about them, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see that this company does well. Yeah. Like they seem like good people. Hey, you guys, if you need a watchmaker or anything or somebody to, address <laughs> is probably on the internet somewhere. Maybe we'll see if we get can get another one in for review. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, they're they're really they. The thing is, is it might be better if somebody else did it because I'm just like this watch is great. <laughs> you pay X amount for it; it checks every single box. You know, and I know there are people out there that don't like certain things about it, but every, the two watches that I've had from them are just great. Would rather buy them than a lot of other things at the same price point. Some of them from bigger companies. But I've never owned one. Sweet deal. Good first pick. So what's uh, what's your first pick? This is gonna be weird. I actually, I I can't believe I've never had one of these. But I've never had a Seiko Monster. <laughs> oh, I've man. always I've I've always kind of liked them. I've thought they were really cool. Uh, of course, if you were getting into watches, seriously getting into watches around. What like 2012 to 20, yeah, 2014? You know that they were shit. Yeah, and um, you know when you look at the uh, <laughs> the Seiko Monster Godfather, the the all knowing random Rob, he he's he's so passionate about about these watches. Um, every time I see one of his videos, I'm just like, damn, I got. Why didn't I get one? It's so cool, especially and it, funny enough, the the one that people really value is not the Gen One, but it's the Gen Two. Yeah, with the, the they um, have the shark's teeth. The, with the shark teeth, it's such a such a kind of a dumb design. <laughs> I think they have one where the teeth have a, a red eye outline, and they call that one the Dracula. Yeah. Um, they have a lot of a lot of different versions, and I I would. I've sort of been sitting on my hands and then I'd see the the third generation come out and and I I I'd, I'd say to myself, well there's always going to be some some orange monster that I could buy. But as they can as they kept going through different iterations, it's almost like they got a little too fancy for me. So the I think the third gen has a 6R movement. I don't know what generation they're on now be fourth or fifth or something like that yeah. but they're they're getting a little fancy for me um and now hilariously the uh the second generation is just you know people are paying 800 bucks plus sometimes yeah it's it it really is i think the seiko cult classic um and i i, I part you know if, if we're talking about reasons i think Part of the reason I never got one is because for you know for the longest time I've felt as if I have the orange dive watch so the Doxa you know will oh, you always <laughs> I, I I hate to put it that way but I I think you know I didn't know Doxas came in other colors until I started looking at them after you got one I was <laughs> exactly. like they're all orange right so that's that's kind of why I I just um you know I, I've I've never gotten one but. Maybe I just have to dive in and, um, you know, see if there are any other cool versions. I, I like, I like the Gen One, but I like the Gen One black dial. Maybe that's one that no one's really paying attention to. It's got <laughs> yeah, a seven S standard color. 
7s movement uh it doesn't have the the shark teeth for the for the hour hour markers or anything maybe that's the uh maybe that's the monster to get but i've never had a seiko monster and i see them on i see them on the slack every not every day but i think a you know few folks have them in there and they're i always think to myself damn that's that's kind of cool the seiko monster sort of reminds me of you know, to make a car reference, uh, they remind me almost of like what a Nissan Z car was. Like you had your first gen, which was, you know, a small, inexpensive sports car that was good on gas and did what it was supposed to do. Maybe it didn't have as much luxury or engine power as some of its competitors, but guess what? It did what it was supposed to do. Yeah. And then Gen 2, you know, second generation, third generation come out. They kind of get a little nicer. And eventually now we're at the point where it's like 60 grand and the average man can't buy one of those anymore. You know, maybe average, some average men out there can, but I don't want to make a car payment that's as high as my house payment. So, (laughs) you know, the people's sports car has now become a luxury item like, Every other, you know, car that once you get a big name, it's just going to continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it almost feels like that's kind of what happened with the Seiko Monster. I sort of like a fourth gen because they had that oblong, you know, rectangle uh, uh, magnifier over the damn date. Mm-hmm. I see uh, that, yeah. But uh, but you're right. It, you know, the movements obviously, you know, 7S26 is for the lack of a better term. It's a workhorse, but uh, <laughs> um, but it. I mean, you want to talk about no frills? That son of a bitch. That's the one you had to shake for an hour before it would run. Yeah. Um, you know, and they didn't hack or anything. And guess what? You don't have to have any of that for it to work. But it it, it was it was much. You know, it was something that was really attainable to people that were starting to get into it. Um, and man, were they big my buddy wanted one so bad for a long time i was like why don't you buy one he's like it's 275 dollars yeah i was like insane right now i was like and and, you know at the time we were both getting into it i was like oh my god 275 dollars who can pay that for a watch (laughs) you know but you're right i mean and and the skx has done the same thing you know i bought my skx brand new i have a 007 that's 12 years old and I I bought it brand new for like a hundred and thirty dollars. I will always go through periods where you know when I regret selling them, but I, I can't keep doing that, man. I can't keep buying and selling SKXs. I just stopped trying. I just don't look at them anymore. I, well, I have a friend at work that loves my SKX. I only wear it like once a year, but he loves it. And oh. I we look. I'm like, let's look up used prices. Let's nope. get you one. And he's like, I'm not paying 500 bucks for that watch. There is an SKX to get if you're looking for one now, but I'm not going to say it on air. I'll wait ah, for it. Yeah, that'll make it popular. It'll pull out. <laughs> but there's there's one that people really aren't looking at, and I'm surprised because, you know, a very influential Seiko personality online kind of said it. But yeah, we can talk about it that later. What, the Sarb 037? Sure. Yeah. It's a different controversial watch. Yeah. Oh man. So what's your number two? 
Okay. So my number two is one that I don't talk about a lot. And I okay. wanted to pick one from a, a, a like a vintagey watch. And I it actually almost ties with another one. I thought about these two watches, but I picked this one. But since I got into watches, I have always looked at a Hamilton Ventura. My heart stops because I also have a Hamilton in my list. So I'm glad no we didn't pick the same one. <laughs> but I I love the look of a Hamilton Ventura or Ventura. I'm not exactly sure how to say that. But uh I love that I love the look of that watch. I like the electric history of that watch. I look at new ones and I'm like, eh, it's just quartz. Boring. Or eh, it's automatic. You know, that's it's not electric like it used to be. Uh it's it's really if you're buying a modern Ventura, it's just the shape. Mm. You know, it's it's literally just the shape and the look. And that's cool and all. But like, you know, the old ones were electric. Um uh, they're not electric in the sense of like a uh an Accutron. They didn't have a tuning fork. They still had a balance, but it was it was manipulated by a battery rather than a mainspring. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I don't I don't know much about those, and I in my mind I I thought it worked somehow like an Accutron, but you're saying it right. does. It does not. No, it is basically uh, if I think it. Let me let me see if I can remember. I think it was the Hamilton. Yeah, a five hundred five movement is a good example, but uh, I think it's a five hundred five. Yeah. Uh, if you look up like pictures of a Hamilton 505 movement, uh, you can see that you still have your balance wheel. It's a little different the way it's shaped. You still have a balance wheel. You still have a hairspring. Um, but when you put a battery in it, I guess, I, and I'm not super versed in this because I've never, uh, never taken one apart or whatever, but I'm pretty sure that you can look it up online, but I'm pretty sure there's an electric field that manipulates that balance back and forth rather than power being sent to, through set of gears to the to the balance wheel. Um, and that's what keeps your time. It, it literally just replaces the mainspring with a battery system, an electric system. It's a really like funny a, photo I'm looking at. I'm looking at <laughs> really just a battery next to a balance. That's, yeah. That's a cool-looking movement. Yeah. And it's it's very similar uh, to a normal watch. It just replaced the mainspring with a battery system, so that you could, you know, have a watch that ran for days if you put it down. And I don't think the life on those batteries and those old watches was very great. You know, it was probably working hard. Yeah, I guarantee it. I think Accutron two fourteens only last for a year, so you know. uh Six months, you're probably battery's probably dead. Would be my guess, but uh, and I think that Timex Electric that Skip gave me that I've got, I think the battery life on it's about six months. Hmm. So, uh, but that's that's a really that's a really cool watch. But again, for some reason, every time I got the money up to get a vintage watch, it was never, never the Hamilton. It just never never materialized that way. But I'd still. I'd still feel like I want to have one, but these are cool. Would you get it on bracelet? Oh man, that's tough. Like, oh man, there's a chronograph. <laughs> yeah, the chrono. I think the chronograph may have been the one that <laughs> Will Smith wore in Men in Black. 
<laughs> uh, let's see here. The one I like, no kidding, and this is kind of stupid, but the one that I think like Elvis wore may have been gold plated on a strap and uh, he wore it in a couple of movies, I think. And that's always the one I kind of looked out for. Of course it's popular because Elvis wore it. I would take a stainless steel one, but uh, yeah, I'm seeing just, a photo of him. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just different. They're different. They're, it's a different looking watch and it's, it's clearly like a 19, it's a mid centuries art deco look. You know, it's not something that if you release today would probably be very popular. Yeah, I could not pull this off either. But it's a cool <laughs> watch, and I would really love to maybe someday have one or at least put one in my hand. Bracelets are cool. I used to hate old stretch bracelets, but. but then you get older. Yeah, then I got older. <laughs> I can't pull this strap hard enough, honey. Oh, boy. It's pulling my hairs. That's what I'd say about the stretch bracelet. Let's see. I got – I guess I'll go through my Hamilton then. Um, hmm. This is funny. I'm going to go – I'm basically going to go through two very introductory watches, I suppose. So after the Seiko Monster, I got to talk about the Hamilton khaki field. Oh, no. Yeah. It's just one of those watches where if – like the Seiko Monster, if you're getting into watches, there's a pretty good chance that somebody's going to recommend both of these. Uh, you're going to hear about the Seiko Monster. You're going to hear about the Hamilton Khaki Field. And I just, I've always, I've always liked the look. Um, I've had other watches that are like this, you know, the the Seiko SNK watches. Um, and... I thought that I would be pushed over the edge when they actually came out with the khaki field mechanical with the blasted case and the 38, 38 millimeters and all that. And I still just haven't gotten one. Um, and I spent, I spent way too much time drooling over old Benris watches. I think Benris, the, the newly revamped Benris just came out with basically their version of this watch. It's a little more expensive. Um, I'd probably rather have the Hamilton. Um, but for some reason or another, I just, I don't know. I've never, I've never gotten one. Um, it's uh, just, you it, know, I have one of these. Oh, do you? I have the, uh, it's not the newest one. It's an older, uh, version with the bead, bla- it's bead blasted case, mechanical hand wine, uh, 38 millimeters. Mm. Sorry, my, Sob's alarm was going off for some odd reason because it's a sob, I guess. It just felt like going off. I had right. my wife just scurried through the house to turn it off. It's all good. I didn't hear it. Well, good. But uh, I have one of these watches, and funny enough, I have it because I used to have a Khaki King. Hmm. And that was the Khaki King was my first, like, I guess, not cheap watch. And I shouldn't say cheap. I should say inexpensive. That's cheap. It sounds derogatory. But uh, it was my first non-inexpensive. The first watch I bought that cost a little bit more than $100, you know. And I sold it. And I missed it. And I came across a Hamilton 
khaki field mechanical. Um, it's not the newest version. The new one has a more vintage dial, I guess. This is the one right before it. It's just a black dial. Uh, but I bought it for the low, low price because the, the leather strap was, or the cab, canvas strap is in really bad shape, but the watch head was great. And I bought it for less than $200. Oh, I see it. I see it on your page. Yeah. That's cool. Less than 200 bucks. And I put a, I got a, I still had the, the, the strap that goes with it, but it's in pretty rough shape. So I bought a similar looking, uh, canvas strap, which I have. And then I had an old, uh, I had an old canvas strap from Barton that I waxed just for the hell of it to make it waterproof, you know? So now I could be like, look, whenever, if ever, which is never, that I go on an adventure, it's waterproof and I can take the canvas strap and beat the crap out of it. Uh, I don't know that I could ever get rid of it again. But funny you would say the SN, what is it, the SNK 800 series? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, these, when people are looking like for their first like watch or, or if they really like military stuff, field watches, those are like my first go-tos. Would be the Seiko or this Hamilton, yeah. For sure. And, and the price thing, I mean, you know, I think retail on this thing is five twenty-five, but I've seen oh. them for three hundred or so. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> I can't yeah, buy another watch, Beard. I can't do it. <laughs> I well, I th- I, yeah, but I feel like you've kind of graduated a little bit. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's just it's still really cool. I don't know. But we'll to see. me. The reason I liked it, you know, uh, my grandfather was, he's dead now, but he, he was a World War II veteran. Mm-hmm. So to me, this watch is probably something similar, not the same, but similar to something that he would have been issued. Right. It's just the reason I like, uh, bare bones 1911s. It's the same reason. I also got that Timex camper recently, the, the Japan, uh, you know, camper reissue, and it's, I mean, that thing is same same kind of vibes, I would yeah. say. Uh, right. So, and it was seventy bucks, so I think I'm okay. But so this I watch, think if you're into military it. watches and you want like an American version of a mil of a of a you know the field is probably similar to what you had or like a Bulova, like you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy! And Hamilton used to be an American company. They still, uh, their design is still very, very American uh, inspired. But obviously, we all know they're part of the empire. The empire. (laughs) About ninety percent of my watches are owned by the empire. (laughs) That's okay. Good watches still. Let's see. Are we both down to one pick? One of the last one. Yeah, I'm at my last one. All right. What do you got? And this one, the the reason I left this one for last, it's not expensive. It doesn't, it's not from a weird brand. It's not vintage. But I left this one a lot because I talk about it all the time. Every time I see one, I literally go take my money. But then I kind (laughs) of, wait, you know, but, uh, and and this is where I was talking about (laughs) having Henry's, of an oceanographer. Mm. Like I had that watch for a couple weeks because I was working on it, and then I wore it for a week to make sure everything was running smoothly. You know, 
it didn't stop for some weird reason. Didn't lose yeah. time. But every time I wore it, I'm like, God, man, I got to have one of these. And I keep looking at that Bulova Oceanographer, the new one that's green. When that thing came out at, I see it. When, yeah. that, <laughs> when that watch came out at, uh, what was that show they used to do before nobody cared over in Switzerland? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, poor Basel. That's it. Yeah, I knew it was a spaghetti sauce additive. Uh, poor Basel. <laughs> but uh, when that thing dropped at Basel, man, I couldn't have gotten a bigger stack of money together and been like, "Please, just take it. It's all I have," you know. And I keep, and of course, you know they, you know, they. Bull that put some bullshit price like seven hundred bucks, but in actuality it's four hundred bucks or three hundred bucks or somewhere in between. Yeah, it's and I see five forty on their website. Yeah, horseshit. It's very attainable, very attainable. And every time I go, this is the time I'm gonna finally pick one of these up. I get there, and I've done this a hundred times. I promise you the slack has seen me do this a hundred times just in the year or so you guys have been doing this. I get there, and all of a sudden something else appears on my page because I don't know if my tastes have just changed because I have been into – I've been working on and thus wearing a lot of vintage watches lately. Yeah. I don't know if my tastes have changed, but the size pains me. It's 44, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's 44. It pains me. Yeah, it's a big one. They came out with one, um, I think the orange one, the, like right. the Heritage orange one where they kept it down to the original size, but it was that one was stupid expensive. Yeah, there was one when they when the oceanographers came out, they had that one limited edition first off, uh, that was forty millimeters and had a Swiss movement in it, which was just the Salita. It's not yeah. like they went out of their way to get the guy to formulate calculations in a field with a beaker. Uh you know. <laughs> it's just literally one they went, Oh, we'll pick that one, you know. But and they wanted two grand for it. And that's the thing Bulva does. And I and I know there are fanboys out there who are like, hey, what do you think about that Bulva? I paid two grand for it. Like, why? Why'd you do that? Yeah. What's, like, why didn't you just wait until it went on sale? <laughs> but uh, and then now recently they've come out with another one that's not as limited, and it's I think it it's got a, it floats around maybe closer to a thousand. Um. But it's orange. I don't want orange. I want green. I want the green one. And I've seen a green one in person. And it's beautiful. The color is beautiful. I don't want the black one. I don't want the blue one. I want the green one. But it's 44 millimeters. And the only watches I can tolerate that with anymore are Maybe a chronograph. I have two mechanical, I have two automatics, I should say that. I have two automatic chronographs that are kind of big. And I can live with those. This thing looks, this thing looks wide though. Oh. Yeah, yeah that bracelet's like a 20 millimeter. <laughs> <laughs> if that gives you any indication. Yeah. 
We'll see. I think I think the more that they work with their um what do they call it? The archive series, they really I think they know they need to explore that series a little more. Uh so like the lunar pilot is part of that series, this oceanographer is part of that series. They really especially with his oceanographer, the uh, you know, the automatic movement inside, they can definitely shrink that a bit. I think that's the other part of it too. Funny that you would mention it. I'm looking at the Funny enough, I think he used to write for these people, but I'm looking at pictures of it from a blog to watch. Mm-hmm. And, man, uh, the green, that's that kind of like almost seafoam green color. Oh, yeah. It's, man, you talk about tickling pickles. But <laughs> the, the 44 millimeter hurts. And the funny thing is I always come to this article because he's got a wrist shot. And I think, oh, well, that's not too bad. I could probably live with that, but in the back of my mind, there just there's like a guy screaming with a red flag, just whipping it as hard as he can. Like, why don't you see me, you bastard? But, uh, <laughs> the other part is is that the standard oceanographer also comes with like an eighty-two series Miyota. Uh, kind of like yeah, kind of like those those new mill ships. Yeah, that's that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But it's – I know how much that thing costs. <laughs> and, like, you know, it's – there. Are, I guess here's what I'm going to say. I don't want to – because I don't want to say it's a bad movement. It's not a bad movement. It doesn't hack, and a lot of people don't care, and that's fine. It does hand one. But right. uh, I think when you say, hey, I'm going to pay 350 to $400 for this Bulova – you start looking at some of the competition, and you're like, "Why are they running that 30 year old engine in that thing?" Yeah, you can get the Laurier actually that you were t- you talked about. Yeah, you know. they've got what? Uh, what do they got in theirs now? They've got a better. I think they have NHs in there. Yeah, which you know, I know we talk about NHs versus Miotas on the Slack a lot. And Miyota's got the 90 series or what have you. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not that much more. Yeah. Like, why did you guys put, like, just what you could, like, dig out of the bottom of the fish tank in this thing? Yeah. <laughs> and, and and have the audacity to go on your website and go, oh, $700 MSRP. Like, are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah, Laurier, the Hydra, they got for four ninety nine. It's got the... Nine zero one five. Yeah, great. There you go. Movement. That's what it was, right? Because yeah. I remember I thought it was a Miyota ninety series in the Hydra two that that I looked at, and yeah. like, why is that one five hundred bucks? And you guys, if I walked into a store, I know you're going to be like, well, we could actually give you a deal for like five hundred bucks. Like, you you know, here the exterior paint is really nice, but the interior is very dated. It's kind of like <laughs> buying a it's kind of like buying a Toyota Tacoma. Like if you want to pay $25,000 for a 16-year-old truck with old options, have at it. Is it a you great people, truck? People are doing that with the Tacomas, Absolutely. by the way. Is it a great truck? Yes. It's a great <laughs> truck. But if you want to pay for 25 25 grand for a truck that is 20 years old, have at it. Oh, I was thinking about one recently, and I was they're good like, trucks, no doubt. Used Toyota Tacoma market is bananas. Stupid. 
Speaking so that's, of which, that's why I'm revving his outside right now. Hell yeah! You hear that? Yeah, man. My God. That sounds like a V8, brother. Hell yeah. yeah there there are some t- t- Toyota enthusiasts right across from me. It's really funny. I'm sure. Tundra's the same way. But anyway. Uh, but that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's I mean, that, that one, I left the Boulevard for last because as far as watches go, that's the one I, I constantly, every year of my life, since that green one came out, every so many months I go, this is the time. I'm going to finally do it. This is the time, and I never do. All right, we'll figure out how to send one over to you. Oh, man. I, I think I wrote Bulova once and was like, if you need another review on your oceanographer, please send it my way. And they probably literally just shredded the email. They shredded the whole computer and just threw it straight. They have no they have no clue who we are. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Barrett. <laughs> That's okay. They're, you know, as, as far as, like, real big watch enthusiasts, they probably don't know who they are either, you know. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> oh man, let's see. I'm gonna. My last one is pretty special. Um, and it might be out of the three, it might feel like the biggest no-brainer. Um, and it, it's it's like a collection of watches because I I still I don't know what would work for me and um. It's basically just one of one of the I would go with Laco, actually, just one of the basic Laco Flieger watches. Um oh, yeah. and I mean I like pilot watches. I just got that that IWC. Uh for you know, for the longest time I thought that, you know, maybe I could if I if I did get into IWC I could go with the the Mark series or Chronograph, which is what I did. But I, I I held off on the pilot watch uh, until I figured out what I would do with, with IWC. Um, and now that I, I did end up going with the chronograph and not something more uh, within the, the Flieger territory, um, I, I do wonder if, if a Laco could fit into the collection at some point. Um, I've always looked at them. I think they're really cool. The The biggest thing that stops me is and it's unfortunate, I know this happens to a lot of people, is just not having access to these watches. The Nazi I, history? Oh, no. <laughs> that's that's another thing. We've, we've <laughs> talked about it. We've talked about it on the show sometimes. And um, I personally would gravitate more towards the uh, the Mark series a little bit, I think, kind of subconsciously because <laughs> it, was, it was more aligned with the Allied powers. But that's, yeah, that's a whole... That could be a whole episode on its own. Um, but these things, you can't tell. You know, the Munster, for example, is the Type A dial. Uh, I think it's the Type A dial 42 millimeter. But I doubt that thing wears like a 42. That thing probably looks like a 46. <laughs> and I, and then they have the, the Westerland, which is a 45 millimeter. And what I like about Laco is that they they didn't try to do anything like Stova did, for example, where they they make the lugs a little sexy and they, it's got more curves. Laco, they took the uh, you know they took the brief, you know the original design, and they just they just fired up the machines again. Yeah. Um, it, it's and those lugs are killer. I've only I've only handled Laco once, and it was at Windup, 
and the one that actually I really liked was 39 millimeters. I forget the name of that model, but it's actually, I don't know if it was 39 or 40. It was 39. Yep, 39. It's called the, I can't say these words in German. They're all named, they're all named after German towns. I know. It's, it's all just yelling and screaming. <laughs> you know, so loud. I, our German fans just turned off the radio. Sorry, guys. He made fun of us. Well, <laughs> and I, You know, that's funny enough. The way you feel about pronouncing these terms is how I feel uh, because I, I grew up in the mountains, so I, not, I was not exposed to a ton of Spanish or Hispanic people. Uh, mm-hmm. Growing up, and I always feel so bad. I'm like, I'm gonna butcher this word and just look like white trash. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna try to say these these model names, but they have them in 39, they have them in 42, and they have them in 45. I'm pretty sure the 45 would look like a fucking joke. And <laughs> I think I think the 42 comes pretty close, but um, yeah, I I just. I love this design. I think if you're getting a, if you're into the whole, you know, German pilot watch look, there's, there are other brands like um, Archimede and Stova. Uh, Loco, I think, is the most authentic looking one, but it, it is reason, cool that they didn't jazz it up, like you said. Yeah, it's it's that's what they looked like, you know. Yeah, and all bead blasted, which I'm liking. More and more, especially after buying the uh, Persista <laughs> that I had recently. How uh, big is your IWC? That one is forty-one. Oh, okay. a, so that's, it's that's a forty-one. Yeah. It looks a lot like the older. Um, actually, it looks a lot like the older Pilot chronographs. So before, for the longest time, they had them at forty-three millimeters. And it's pretty big, but if you looked for older ones from the earlier, you know, 2000s, they were, I think, around 40, 41. So in a lot of ways, it feels like an older, just off-the-shelf IWC Pilot Chrono. Now, I might be wrong, but I feel like at one point, I think I did a review on the Citizen... Shoot, I can't even remember the name of that watch now. Uh, somebody's got one, but it was kind of a piloty watch from Citizen. It's affordable. You did, I think, it, uh, on our website, right? Yes, I, I've only I only work for you guys. I ah. only have eyes for you. Everybody <laughs> else, would, everybody else would be like, "What's this nonsense?" There's there's some other cheaters in here. Yeah, thank um, you, Barry. <laughs> but. Uh, um, but I think when I was researching that, I read that a lot of the original watches, uh, pilots' watches from Germany, especially during wartime, were much bigger, um, and that oh, would yeah. make sense because you want fifty-five. Yeah, you want yeah. to be able to see it. Um, so, like you know, I know that we kind of look at forty-five millimeter, like God Almighty, that's huge. But if you're sticking to somewhat of your heritage, you know. That's what it is. It's the Citizen Avion. That's, that's what you it. Did. The Avion. I knew it was a. I, I knew it was Abby something. I see but, it. Uh, uh, but and the cool thing too is that these are all sterile. <laughs> all the dials are sterile. So, uh, you know, I mean, it looks like a purpose-built 
watch that you would be issued. Yeah, it's like the it's like the field watch design that we were just talking about, and that's why you had manufacturers like um, uh, Benris and Hamilton making them, you know, with serial dials, and you can't tell them apart because it was just different companies following the same brief. Um, yeah, these these really aren't. I, you know, I thought these watches cost a lot more than those for some reason. Yeah, no, and you can get them for cheaper. I'm looking at Long Island Watch, which like the prices yeah. are pretty good as is, um, but I've seen them for less on eBay. And I think I, the more I think about it, I would probably only be able to swing with these lugs the 39 millimeter. Really? Which thankfully those are the cheapest ones. <laughs> but I think you said something that reminds me of like what I said about the the Laurier. I think you already have something that fills that segment. Yeah, I feel I feel almost no need to get this. <laughs> and it sucks because and that's how I feel bad sometimes because when I started things I was like I only buy dive watches, you know. So I had I have a bunch of them and some of them are old and I don't wear them very much anymore because I've gotten watches that I like that are newer that better fit what I my taste, but I can't get rid of the old ones because I'm like, I said I would love you forever. <laughs> I was just thinking about that today. I can't <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why we put ourselves through that. I feel yeah. Like it wouldn't do me any good to have money because I'm the same way with cars. Like if I could go back and find like my old I used to have old five oh Mustang GT and an Impala Super Sport. You know, if I could, if I had, if I could go back and buy all these cars over again, I'd just have a yard full of junk. <laughs> <laughs> My wife would divorce me. Oh, the 5.0. My first car was a Mustang. And was it really? I, I got the V6, not, not the, uh, not the cool one. I had, I had a, yeah, I had a, I bought it in 19, no, maybe it was 2000 or 2001. I had a 95 5.0 Mustang, and I loved it. And by today's standards, that sucker couldn't pull a greasy string out of a cat's ass, but I loved that car. And I now I have a 93 F-150 with a 5.0 in it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just writing I'm writing these down. Greasy string. You've never heard that? Ass. No, I'm, I'm making a collection oh, of your yeah. idioms this whole episode. <laughs> yeah, if it... Uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, that truck, that old truck, that 93 truck, it, uh, it's two wheel drive. It's got the 50 in it. You know, it only makes, and this was a lot back then. It makes 185 horsepower out of a big V8. Sounds cool though. And it, I love that truck. I, I, that's something I couldn't get rid of. Couldn't do it. I mean, you'd have to pry that thing out of my dead hand. How have we not done a watches and cars episode yet? Oh man, I could talk cars all freaking day like i don't keep up with a lot of the new ones sadly because i guess i've gotten old but man i'm telling you i i i could talk passion all day about that garbage if you guys want that episode let us know (laughs) (laughs) if you want to talk about ghosts and aliens also and watches (laughs) what watch would you wear to a ghost investigation i can come up with some ideas yeah that's a good one yeah Watches that pair well with tinfoil hats. That's right. Yeah. 
Well, man, this was fun. Um, I like these choices for, let's see, for a recap, Baird, your picks were Laurier Watches, The Boulevard Oceanographer, and that Hamilton Ventura. Watch all right. these watches go through the roof now. <laughs> Whoops. They, they, they <laughs> won't, but... <laughs> For me, really it was, cool. like, oh my God, the oceanographer is all of a sudden scarce. Let's hope not. Let's hope. Let's see if we can actually get one in. Um, I'm surprised we haven't reviewed one yet. For me, it was the uh, the Hamilton Khaki Field Mechanical, the Seiko Monster, probably second gen. That's still the coolest one. I'm gonna say it. Uh, and some kind of Laco Flieger. Um, I I still don't think I. If you if you felt like you would act on one of these out of the three, which one do you think you would be most likely to act on? God, man, that's tough, dude. That's real tough. Like I, I literally the green, <laughs> the green color. Yeah. But I, I, that, yeah. I think I, I think, and here's the thing. I'm gonna I'll tell you right now. I think it would be the Laurier, and here's why. The I love the green. Can't can't don't know if I could deal with the size anymore. Um. I love the Hamilton, but those old 505 movements and, and various other Hamilton electrics are getting hard to to keep going yeah. um, and keep servicing. If I was to buy a Ventura, I would probably have to kind of break down and get a newer one. And I don't like – I like the new ones. You know, I don't have any problem with them. I like the newer quartz ones that are small. They're good looking. They're cool looking watch, but part of me would hurt inside. I think that it's not what that watch was. So I think if I was going to pull the trigger on any of these three, it would definitely probably be the Laurier because that watch is a great size. It's not old. You know, you don't have to worry about trying to find somebody to solder on something that's, you know, two millimeters thick you know it's it's you know it, it would be a more practical use of your money and the funny thing is is that i told you that hamilton kind of tied with something and it's the same reason it's i've talked about this a lot lately but the tag hoyer 2000 dive mm-hmm. watch course dive watch and oh, for yeah. the same and for the same reason man those I, that's a that's an 80s watch man that is the quintessential like 80s dive watch and again, movement's kind of strange. Parts are hard to find. You know, if you get one, you're taking the risk that that sucker will stop dead in its tracks in two months, and you'll just be <laughs> what we like to call shit out of luck. So it would probably be the Laurier if I had to buy nice. What about I'd, you? What I'd probably you? go with the Hamilton. Just because yeah. I've been focusing so much on on these kind of this kind of military vibe lately, and it's also the cheapest. <laughs> Dude, like I said, I bought mine that was basically the guy told me I don't have a box. The brace, the straps, in shit shape, but the head's perfect, and it was you know sapphire crystal. The bead blasted case didn't have a lot of marks on it. I got it for two hundred bucks. Still not serviced. No, and it runs fine. If I put it on nice. time graph for the numbers, you're fine. I don't, nice. you know. But it's uh, I mean, you know, you can't beat that. Yeah, I'd probably. It's a winder, so it sits. It's real thin. It's not like a. It's not like the standard khaki. Um, 
you know, it's, it sits real thin on your wrist because it's mechanical. Like it literally shaves about two millimeters off that case. It's old school, man. It's cool. Maybe maybe one last watch purchase for the year. No, I can't. Ah! <laughs> oh man, this was fun. Well, awesome, dude. These were great picks, and I think I hope people like it. Um, I would like to hear from the audience if they have any watches that they have just been kind of eyeballing forever and just not taking the plunge. Um, just let us know. And yeah, I think this is a good exercise. This is probably a good exercise that might, I don't know, we can maybe even turn this into a recurring segment, you know, kind of just watches that we haven't pulled the trigger on, um, for the longest time for whatever reason. Yeah. And for what reason, you know, because I think the funny thing is, is I picked these last night or the day before when, when you, when we brought this up, and I thought, you know, all I, it's this one, it's this one, and it's this one. But just talking about it right now, I have come to the conclusions as to why I've never bought those, which that is we interesting. Are, that we are complex beings, and we cannot really <laughs> wrap our heads around why we do the things that we do. Like I said, it literally felt in the back of my mind like there's just a guy waving a red flag, but he's not really telling me why. But to But to talk it out, like... It is interesting how I came to those conclusions that why I didn't buy it. Right on. Well, Baird, I think we've come to that time. (laughs) We can can say bye to the people. We can hang on after. Don't hang up on me. We can chat. And, uh, yeah, I think it was a good episode. Well, yeah, I I do too. That was a lot of fun. And it, and it got all this watch talk out of my system now, so my wife don't have to endure it. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> TBWS therapy. <laughs> all right, man. Well, if you want to start it off, start the sign off, and then I'll say bye to the people. Right. Well, I hope you guys had a good time. I had a blast. My name is Baird. And this is Mike. You've been listening to Two Broke Watch Snobs. Later.